Welcome to First and Fifteen, the show that takes you around the UK flag football scene. Sponsored by Nuola, your customised sportswear supplier. We're live with the, another international one and today we are looking at the big news that the World Championships will be going ahead this year. It's now in Israel. Uh, unfortunately, Jonah, who's the, the main Israel representative, can't join us at the moment. There, there was a bit of a, an issue with the, the time zone differences. But we did have managed to have a quick chat with him and talk about his answers for these questions. But we are joined by Louise and Ben Cleaver. How are you guys doing today? All good. Ben, that's a, that is a very nice hat. I will say it again. Look at that. Represent. Yeah, we're fine. Um, just did a little workout at home, trying to get fit for the World Championship. So, so the first question, obviously, this is something we have to find out just a minute ago. The, the entry into the World Championships is just going to be any, it's open to everybody involved in IFAS, which I think will be covering most of the world on that one. And then it's the top eight teams that will be going through. But I think is it USA as representatives for the World Games will already have a slot in there. L looking forward to the, the actual championships, obviously you've got a male and a female perspective on this one, but which is the, the teams that you think will be the almost like the shoe-ins for the actual uh, the seven remaining slots? Um, hard. I think... For the men's, we will have in the top eight for sure, Austria, Italy, Denmark, USA and Mexico. And the rest is, I think, pretty intense. Um, like if I see France, Israel, uh, the UK, Germany, um, Canada, like I haven't played most of, I mean, the European team I have played the last couple of years, but internationally, my last world championship was 2012, but seeing tape and everything, um, I think, as I said, the first four will be for sure in the top eight, but then afterwards we'll get a, will be a tough fight for places five to eight, or at least, uh, I mean, it depends as well which group you get in my eyes because if you have a good position for the round of the last 16 if I, I mean at the moment i think no one knows actually if there will be a round of the last 16 or how the playoffs will work how many groups there will be so you basically need to finish your group on a high spot to get a better seed in the playoff round in my eyes because obviously if you get the states directly in the last 16 rounds you won't make it to the top eight and so yeah, but I mean, the States will be the team to beat, like from what you saw last time, Panama is good as well. I mean, with being with the European or with the World Championship being in Israel, um, experience showed in the past that some countries from very far away, like Panama or stuff, didn't come. So, I mean, last World Championship, we had Kuwait and stuff like as it's as I said, as far as I understood, it should be open for every country because of the fact that you can qualify through the World Championship for the World Games. I don't know who comes. Like, I've seen New Zealand in World Championships before and, like, will be interesting. But they won't play a big role in my eyes. Louise, what about from the, the female side? 
obviously GB had a great season last year with the Europeans. Mm. Do you think they'll be moving on again to the to the, to the World Games? Um, I think they have a good shot. Like when I compare 2015, 2017, 2019, the progress, like the, the leaps that they make are massive. I think it could really depend on the setup they have and which players they have returning. Um, that will be interesting. But I think they definitely have a really good shot. And I think it's similar to what Benny says in terms of there are probably a solid four teams or so that, you know, like the America, for example, are, have got to be in that top eight. Um, but I think the UK have quite a good shot if they play how they played in Israel last time. Um, yeah, I I think often some of the men, like men's and women's teams are quite similar. So like America would be the same. Like the women's team in Israel have always been very strong. Um, Denmark as well. I think did Denmark win gold in 2017? Yeah, I think they did. Yes. Yeah. Um, Spain, for example, um, obviously European championship champions from last time. So some of them are quite similar in terms of um, the men's and the women's teams. The lineups could, I think, look quite similar for the top eight places. But again, also it depends which countries come. And I think the other thing, you like even when you look at the UK or the GB team, is because the women's teams perhaps aren't so experienced in terms of we've not had as many championships like when Benny talks about um 2012 world championships and like the GB team was only established 2015 that the um performances can vary so massively so you have countries that have a massively uh, well supported program and they do really well and then suddenly they'll disappear off the face of the earth and then they come back four years later so I also can think you do get more of these um, shock performances or outcomes like I don't think anyone expected GB to do as well um, given where we've placed in the past so I think with the women's teams perhaps it can be a little bit more what's the word volatile perhaps with the with the standing so um, yeah it will be interesting to see uh, especially with GB to see if they can build on their last performance so I think it was it was originally penciled in for Spain this year. Um, I think it was like August time was the the original plan. No, sorry, it was it was October, wasn't it? It was the original. Yeah. And then obviously it's moved due to COVID, and obviously the, the whole world is trying to get back onto its feet into some sort of normality. How much of a role do you think, or how much of an impact do you think that COVID will have across the the the, the entire spectrum of the sport? Obviously, we can't. You can't train at the moment. Um, I, know the, I know the UK will be restarting training, uh, I think, locally within the next week or two. But that, that's only that's only for local teams. So obviously, you can't have like a a, a a GB trial and thing like that because obviously people can't come from that far. Ben, from from the German aspect of the of the men's national team, how, how's how's this going to affect you guys? Obviously, uh, if you get in, it's how how will it affect you? For the training and for the the getting ready for the, what is probably like with the biggest flag football tournament in in recent history. I mean, I think the German approach for the trials and everything was already quite um, careful, Reserved. I would say, yeah. um, because the the trials are happening here the nineteenth of June, 
So we still have nearly three months. Um, seeing the German um, politics around the Corona, how, how they handle here Corona. I mean, we are a little bit behind, for example, the UK. I, think, I don't know if we talked about this last time, like the vaccine process is a little bit behind, and but I think it will be kicking off hopefully soon. I mean, we're saying that for a long time now, but um, there are as well possibilities that because flag football is under the roof of the International Olympic Committee. We have received from our federation something like a, a argumental argumentation base, basically, in order to um, basically negotiate with the authorities that we get a special approval to train because, in fact, we are playing in the highest league in Germany, which is considered like a pro league. If you can compare it to like soccer football, they are playing the whole time, obviously, because there's lots of money involved. But it might happen that we might be able to um, get an extra approval, basically, to train, which would be connected to testing, um, which will then be involved with some costs for everyone, maybe for the club and everything. So I know, for example, in the south of Germany, there were a couple of teams who had that approved already from their authorities, but it's like completely like it's not a German wide approval. It's for your county, basically. Um, but yeah, the plan was for the World Championship happening in October that the trials will happen in June. I haven't heard that this will change now with the fact that it's now basically two months later. It will probably just be another camp in November, maybe. Um, but I think June should be... I mean, last last year we saw it in the summer, the number went, numbers went down. Like now they have just extended the lockdown here, just took back some opening rules. Um, I know we have over a hundred registrations for the men's team for the trials. I think the fact that next time or next year, there's the possibility to take part in the world games, give this a massive push. So we have team or players who played the German like first football league, like tackle league with loads of experiences. Like there's a big um, demand basically. And yeah, let's see. Who, who will make it and I think it's a tough journey but and everything like it might be a dip, bit different because some countries like the states for example they are playing tournaments all along like I know Denmark for example is back to training again they're allowed to go to gyms again because they are playing for the national team and the highest league in the country like some countries are just further ahead like Israel for example I think worldwide they are probably by far the best country um, when you look at the vaccination process. I think from a thousand people, they have 970 vaccinated already. So basically they're done. That's probably why as well the choice came to Israel. So it will be interesting because there will be loads of discrepancies on how the teams can prepare in my eyes. I mean, so obviously you've got the, the, the more local side in, in, in your relationship there. Well, obviously for you, to travel to the to the trials and things, it, it's a drive, and you're okay. Luis, you've got it slightly differently. That if if the trials go ahead in in the UK, that that's that's flights and a whole extra thing for you. If if that, that that's go ahead, it isn't like an Olympic thing. Does this mean that you now travel as a as a professional athlete as well? You get the bonus bit um, of that. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely something I've looked into. A friend of mine travels um, as like support for. Um, is it Formula One or Formula like racing Electro. that she does? Yeah. And so she sent me some info recently saying like there are some loophole, loopholes in the laws if um, 
if it's considered some kind of like professional sport. So definitely be looking into that because otherwise um, the problem will be, A, I might physically not be able to travel in terms of it's not allowed to enter the UK. B, I may have to quarantine five to 10 days or whatever on the way in and the way back. Um, it's just, it, it wouldn't be feasible in terms of as well having our son, like Benny wouldn't see him for three weeks at a time for a two day camp or whatever. So um, it's definitely something that I'm looking into because as, as well, like you say, with, with well, I've never played a world championship anyway, and it would be um, just icing on the cake to have played one of those. Um, so to not even get to try out would be really hard. And like, I didn't get to play in Israel in 2019 because being a teacher, I couldn't get the week off of school. So to have missed out on that and then to potentially miss on a, on a world championship, which I can play being luckily on maternity leave, um, but then to not be able to play or even have a chance to trial because of physically just not being able to um, fly back for a trial, which normally you do, like it's an hour flight, we do it four hours door to door. Normally it's such a simple concept. Um, so it's, I don't know, I'm, I'm half um, preparing myself for the worst and being a good cheerleader. But yeah, with the World Games as well, like it, it's just the next level of motivation and like kind of prize at the end of it. Um, yeah, it's it's odd emotions when you sit at home and watch, like you're so happy for the team of how well they did, but at the same time, so desperately wanting to be on the field and helping out as well. So I don't know, I'm hoping that there's by some miracle that the vaccine will get rolled out and that uh, the quarantine rules might get relaxed um, or that, yeah, we can find this kind of loophole to do with it being the first league sport and that somewhat semi-professional and that maybe there'll be some kind of uh, leeway there. But I guess at the end of the day, you have to follow the rules. And if that's what's going to be there to keep us safe, then I can't really complain about it. <laughs> I mean, you said there about what kind of watching it from the screen. It, it must be. I mean, it was fairly bad. I think last the the Euros last time, where I was, I was kind of sat at home by my, like, I, I was in a, a different room and just sat out of the way watching the game quietly. I can imagine it, it's it's a, a full big screen TV for you guys. The whole thing live streamed. <laughs> let, let let me say that. So actually, <laughs> last last time. Don't get me in Euros, trouble now. Huh. Don't get me in trouble. No, I won't get you in trouble. Like at the beginning, Luke kind of said, I can't watch it because it breaks my heart. And I was basically watching it all the time on the big telly wherever I could, like every game basically. Um, the men's, the girls, everything. And like, I think it took her half a game and then she couldn't stop either. So <laughs> <laughs> it was quite intense. Like, especially for me, it was hard because I'd love to play European and World Championships and haven't been able to do so for a long time. But for, for me, it was the case that my team wasn't there. So for her, it was just she couldn't get the time of work being a teacher and everyone was there. So it was nothing actually physically stopping her, like an injury or the fact that the team is not going, like the team was there and yeah, just didn't work out. So that was quite hard. And I mean, We'll see what happens this year. I, I say I, I must agree with Luis. I, I think the chances are low, to be honest, because of the fact that, like, I think the, the last thing the countries will get rid of is the quarantine rules. Um, so if she would fly back for a trial, she has to do five days before, has then to do a test for 120 pounds, which we had to do last time when we went to the UK. Um, the same when she gets back, like the earliest, the quickest she can do it probably is like 
12, 13 days for a two-day trial, if it's even possible. Like, at the moment, I think it's not possible to travel at all. So... I mean, so with the the the, the tournament being held in Israel, I've, I had a quick look online at the the Kraft Family Sports Campus facilities, and it does look absolutely amazing. It looks like a, a, a full American university has basically just like dropped a, dropped into there. <laughs> we, we had a quick chat with Jonah beforehand, and he says it is they've got the the first full American football field in Israel is there, AstroTurf two soccer pitches nearby and, and apparently the weather's going to be nice if, if it goes right it's going to be spring weather I said, I'm, I'm going to say spring is spring spring in germany not spring in england <laughs> hopefully i have nice weather there and he, he says there's going to be like shuttles running from the team hotels to the pitches and the, the main games are going to be live streams looking at this bit and obviously they've got to take it on with the olympic committee is is this the first step in flag football becoming the the big sport that we all think it should be obviously kitted football is one that takes over but flag football is is made it into the olympic or into the world games which is the first step towards the olympics I mean, louise what you've been involved in flag for quite a while how, how, how have you seen it grow from not only from the uk but in germany as well yeah i mean um i feel like it's it's all developed in quite it seems like a short space of time when I think I suppose I've probably been playing 10 years or something now which I guess is a little bit longer than I like to think it is but when I see from where we started so like for example women's teams us playing against men's teams because there were no other women's to having our full league in the UK to then creating the GB team we had to jump through quite a lot of hoops which I think everyone will be eternally grateful to Andrew Gabriel for for you know ticked all the boxes set up the leagues and took us out to Germany to Big Bowl for the first international tournament under the guise of kind of a, a Lions team so that we could get that inter international practice that they asked us for, um, to then stepping out onto the field in Madrid and everyone having no clue what they were doing, to then seeing like the girls getting their silver medals. Um, like the, the jump in that amount of time for the women's side of it from the GB perspective is just absolutely crazy. Um, Unfortunately for the women's teams in Germany, it's not the same in terms of their own league, but for, uh, somehow it seems to work that the national team does really well anyway. Um, but in terms of like on an international scale, like when I think of, you know, Big Bowl was the first tournament that really did do a lot for for the women's game internationally. Like even when we came in 2013, it was still, I think, Benny, was it still already 12 women's teams in 2013? Like it was a decent amount. Um, which you never saw anywhere else. And then we would travel to other places where there were no women's, um, no women's side of it at all. You know, flagging New Year didn't have a women's um, competition when we first went. Um, Champions Bowl didn't. I'll always be very grateful to Benny for setting that up because that's a massive opportunity for us. I mean, anyone who wants to play on an international level is gunning for Champions Bowl with their club. So the fact that the, the ladies get to take part in that as well, um, was also for me quite a big turning point because it just opened up so much more opportunity to play against those other teams because at the end of the day it's the experience you need to be able to learn from um and you know even sometimes just for the sake of nerves like when we went to madrid in 2015 we played once internationally um which was it's like kind of the most daunting thing you can do um whereas now you look at a few tournaments now king bowl pink bowl champions bowl 
um, you know, a few of the other ones that I can't think of right now, but the women's side of it is getting so much bigger that you are actually struggling to get spaces, like you are having to sign up really fast. And you also are seeing much more better reliability from the teams. Whereas like in the past, we've been to tournaments where five or six women's teams have dropped out because they weren't really serious or they didn't have enough numbers, but you're not seeing that now. You're seeing competitive teams and it's not always the same five teams or the same six teams anymore. It's um, quite a handful of teams. So I do definitely think that from the women's side, the GB side, the international side, it the sport has grown so fast. Um, and in terms of it being put forward as like an Olympic sport or something like that, like of, of course a lot of people love to watch tackle football. Um, and I might be swearing in church for saying that sometimes watching tackle football is not the most amazing thing when it's not on like a really, really high level. Whereas I think sometimes flag football is almost, I find quite entertaining to watch because it's just that bit quicker and you can, I don't know, you can follow it a little bit more even if you don't know the sport so well. Um, you can play more games in one day. So in terms of like a tournament style for something like the Olympics or whatever, um, if you can play multiple games in a day without the injuries and without the fatigue that you might get with tackle, that the format might just suit better as well. Um, I don't know. I, I just think it would perhaps be quite an entertaining one for people to get into um, if, you know, viewers are sat at home who have never seen something like that before. But then I am obviously completely biased. So I may have offended a whole tackle world out there. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to be biased, this is the show to do it on. If, you know, this is a, yeah, this is a flag, flag football <laughs> podcast. We, we all agree with you perfectly. I, mean, I feel safe in here. It's good. Betty, you're about with like the, the the professional side of things. Is this when you 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 quit your job and become a uh, professional flag football player? <laughs> I think I'm getting too old for this. <laughs> I might have done that ten years ago, but I mean, I won't say I'm too old. Like as a quarterback, you can probably play a little longer than as a receiver. Like I couldn't play receiver anymore due to my injuries, but. Um, I mean, it's definitely, if I think about my first European Championship or first World Championship, like even the first World Championship was, I mean, hosting-wise and location-wise was amazing, 2008 in Canada. But it was a complete, like, I, back in, like the other week, I just um, cleared up some hard drives and found some videos from seven, 2007, 8 and 9, and like the years between 7 and 2010. And just the speed and everything. I had the feeling I'm watching everything in slow motion. Like everything changed a lot, like speed kills. And you see it, especially on the world level now, um, everyone gets quicker, like more athletic. Like if I look at the States and see the roster and all of them are playing in this massive AFFL league. And I mean, the chances are good, like as Lou said, the, 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 the good thing is that you can play flag football multiple games on a day or like over a period of a World Games tournament or Olympic Games, it would be perfect. Like that's how long are the Olympic Games normally? Three, four weeks? I think you can build up a great tournament in between. While tackle, I mean, they play every week and in the NFL and they have physiotherapists like six hours a day probably. Um, and the money is involved, like which we don't have. So it, it is a really great opportunity. And I mean, there was this short frame where there was the rumors that beach flag football will get Olympic at some day. And as far as I understood now, that's hopefully off the table because I, no one knows who, how to play beach flag football. And 
let's be honest, the, the flag football in my eyes is five on five. Um, and that's the most, the whole world basically plays in my eyes. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I have seen beach flag football mentioned a few times, but it, I think the only time I see it is if I ever scroll through the, the rule book, it's normally in like one little page in there saying, if you want to make any changes, this is how to change it from normal flag football to beach flag football. And I've, I've never seen, and I mean, maybe, maybe in Germany, the UK beaches is not somewhere that you'd want to play flag football. It's it would be interesting. It would be an injury-filled game and called off within five minutes, I think. But yeah, kind of imagine at, heading down to Southend Beach. <laughs> it, it would be terrible. I mean, so looking at the the, the upcoming facility for the tournament. So we've got is it Matthias? Is beach flag football kills everything that makes flag football interesting? <laughs> is that our Matthias? <laughs> I'm not too sure if he's one of your guys, but yeah, he's 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 strongly against beach flag football. And I don't think many people are going to sort of disagree with this one. <laughs> so we mentioned the facilities that they're saying that will be live streamed. If I mean, obviously, you guys are hoping that the the lockdown restrictions in each country will be re released and or sort of minimised that you can head over there as players. I've I've already convinced the wife that Israel would be a lovely place to visit in December. She's already looked at hotels, so I think that's pretty much set. So first of 15 could be heading international. Hopefully, if if he's if he's still feeling ready for it, we'll have uh, Steve Podmore on board as well. You, you guys, if if you're there and free, we'll, we'll get you on the commentary side as well. We'll have it all sorted. It may not be the, the full live stream that Jonah's planning for those for their guys, but it may just be me and my phone. But we'll get some, we'll get some sort of footage there. But looking at the games. Who who is that team that you you want to you either least look forward to playing or the most look forward to playing either because it's close games it, it's friends it's a fierce rivalry I mean Jonah mentioned that the Israel Italy game if that goes ahead should be a very interesting one for the men's team and for the women's team he, he pretty much pulled out everybody GB Austria Germany is the one that's uh, is the one that he's looking forward to the women's game. I mean, just going back to the comments here, I've got Kyle Taylor. I believe there's a, a beach flag event planned in Newquay towards the back end of the year. I, to be playing it in the summer is bad enough, but a December tournament all the way for beach beach football in uh, in the UK. I mean, uh, there's go hard or go home. Beach, there's actually one beach tournament in Germany in Magdeburg, but this is kind of more knowing for a beach tournament. But the main part of the tournament is drinking, so <laughs> it's fun for a change. But I don't think it has the chance to get to the World Games. The other I, thing I don't understand is surely the worst thing in the world is running on sand. Yeah, I mean, need massive legs for that. <laughs> just sounds like shin splints to me. <laughs> I mean, Kyle, Kyle is backing away from this event completely. It said it's nothing to do with him. <laughs> But so yeah, look, look, look at the teams. Like I said, like the, the team that you most or least look forward to playing. Uh, ben, we'll go with you first. Who's who's the one that either way? Like who do you look forward to playing, or who do you not want to be drawn out with in in the group stages? I mean, being away from the World Championships for so long, I'm looking forward to play against anyone. 
or everyone. <laughs> like the, hopefully we get the chance because in August we have the Sport Monde Bowl, like the tournament in Denmark, which was meant to be in May, which was now moved to the 7th and 8th of August, where the Wanderers have signed up. Um, and the American national team is supposed to come over because they asked for a tournament where they could basically practice for the World Championships. If that goes ahead, I might see them there. Then I have that experience crossed from my list for the first time. Then I don't need to see them at the World Games in the group stage. Um, but other than that, I'll, I would, I don't know. Like it's basically, I like, I love to play against Denmark and basically all the teams in Europe, which you know from all the international tournaments with the clubs. Like I definitely want to um, play against Denmark because I want um, to beat Christopher. <laughs> We invited to the stream as well. He might be joining next time, and then he can tell me his story about that. Um, yeah, we have a good friendship rivalry, but I think Denmark Germany is one of the games I would look forward to the most. Even it will be a very tough one, but I mean, you only grow when you play uh, those games. So that's what I'm looking forward to. So you're hoping for a Germany Denmark uh, championship final in the, in the last uh, the World Championships this year. I mean, if that happens, then I'm beyond happy. I mean, Louise, what about your point of view? Obviously, you said you haven't played for GB for a bit, but you've got to still have memories and rivalries in a, in a way. Who, who's your who's your final hopeful? Um, so, biggest rivalry has to be Spain, which was aside from the final that I didn't play a couple of years ago. It was um, 2015, I think, in Madrid. I last played them. And it was just like the dirtiest, grittiest game I've ever played in my life, um, which was just exaggerated by the fact that I think the referees threw a flag on every single play. So it started off as like this, uh, everyone like nearly fighting each other because the game was, I don't know what was going on. And by the end of it, everyone was nearly fighting the refs because we just wanted to play and they were basically pulling us for everything. Um, so that was definitely one of the most entertaining games of my life. So I would love to have a rematch of that. Um, I think for me, though, one of the most fun games is always Austria. Um, purely from a defense perspective, um, playing against Saskia. I think she, um, I have so much respect for her as a quarterback and she just challenges you as a defense player. And it's just you know, trying to defend some of the stuff against her, plus with the Austrian receivers, it's always a bit of a thrill to play against them. So I think Austria as well. Um, have fond memories against Israel as well. So that that's always a nice game to play. Um, I think Euros 2017, we played them once and we lost to them in the group. And then we played them again, I think, in the sort of qualification. Like, I don't know how we even did it. We were four teams. Bronze but we had game, to was it the bronze medal game or something no it wasn't no it wasn't we played against sweden in the bronze medal game. somehow we ended up playing them again i literally have just lost all my memory right now but we played them again i think i don't remember what it was well anyway it was so close and i just remember that at the end of that game i'm sure i've talked about it on one of these podcasts before where the feeling at the end where we won and it was just such great defense maneuvers and stuff and it was just um the the tactics in that game were unreal so i would love to definitely play against israel again 
um, I think they would be my my top ones. Obviously, America, everyone would love to play against the States. Um, I'm, I don't want to say that they would absolutely kill us, but they probably would. But it would be fun. Oh, and Panama as well, um, having watched a lot of tape. I mean, that's the thing as well. Like, we play against the Euro European teams in some form or another often, whether it's, like, with club teams or whatever. So the players, a lot of them will know each other quite well. But for us to play against America and Panama and... I don't know who else is coming from the women's teams um, officially yet, but that would also just be insane. Just, just for my benefit, isn't it the first world championship for the GB ladies? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because we, we, our first Euros was 2015, then we did 17 and 19, and mm. yeah, so it must be unless there's something I don't know about. No, you must be, you must be right. Yeah. So there you go. You got your first ones for that one, and obviously, I think a lot of people will be looking forward to watching like the American teams play, just because it is, you know, it's it's their playground sport. I've, I've, you know, if you've ever been over there, you'll see just like pickup games of like non-contact or flag in some way. Um, just like yeah, you just go over there. And it, that, for them, it's a normal thing, and I think that it's just been introduced into the. The NGA CAA, which I think is like the National Junior College, uh, I saw that saw that share today. So for them now, it, it's it's a school sport, and yeah, you know, obviously, I think this. I think the only place I can think of in, in the UK that's ever done that is Woodham. That was John Tate, who was, you know, he he brought he was the PE director, the PE head of, so he, for the school, and he just brought it into the school, and then they became their own teams, and he just. Uh, uh, you know, he he brought everything into that one. Ben, I, I don't know. Do you think it's a, a school sport for you guys yet? You're not going to try and bring it in. I mean, I started playing football in school when I was 13, but like high school, I don't know. I think the problem is more the, the is it? I don't know how what the age group is in the states. Like, but the thing is, I think the school program which we used to have in Germany, which was pretty big, was back when the NFL Europe was still a thing. Um, and there were actually like school, like local Frankfurt, like for Frankfurt, they were, I don't know, we played a tournament because I went to school in Frankfurt, a tournament with 10 schools just in Frankfurt who played flag football. And then we went to the Hessen championship with our state and then, which we won as well, one year. And then back, that was 2003, I think. And we, back then we played with the Frankfurt Galaxy, like the Frankfurt NFL Europe team in the big stadium here in Frankfurt. And then actually that's when I started or learned that there is a flag football team in Waldorf just established. And um, so it was part of schools here. I don't think it's anymore. Like we are trying to put it back into school in Waldorf because we had something like a voluntary afternoon sports class basically there, like not a fixed program in the school program, but like a voluntary thing where we got loads of our players from. Um, but that kind of, I don't know why it stopped really, but we're trying to establish that again to get something starting. Like there's definitely potential for youth teams as well. Like we don't have a massive amount of youth teams in Germany and the schools is definitely one place where you have to go to. I know there's like a university um, German championship and stuff, but that's not really big, to be honest. But yeah. I mean, th this could be that push that, that most of the world needs it in a way that if it's now 
on its way to becoming an Olympic sport, this is that point where you want to kind of get schools involved and going, look, this is the, the future of the Olympics in a way. This is what your kids could be playing. And as we all know, it's it's a simple sport to get to get started up. Obviously, when you look at a kitted team, you need like your full pads, your equipment that could, could cost like two to four hundred pounds, depending on how, how much you want to spend on it. And then you've got to get 30, 40 people involved. I mean, I'm not too sure what the the normal size of a of an international squad would be for like for the for the national teams on either side. But it's not as big as as kitted American football. So, Louise, how, how many people in the GB squad normally? Um, so we've had in the past, you know, we've had squads of sort of 40, 30, where we did the whole GB silver and gold, where we had two squads and it was basically considered gold would go to the whatever championships was coming up and then silver would train alongside. And should there be any injuries or somebody having to drop out, then you've got somebody who's already there ready to go almost. I don't want to say like a, a training team, but kind of the rather than just cut yourself down to 15 and then be stuffed, you kind of give yourself the biggest kind of leeway. Um, but you're absolutely right. Like in comparison to kitted, um, you need five people on a, on, a, on a field at once. So it's definitely um, a big difference. Um, I'm pretty sure that they've, for the World Championship this year, they've agreed on 15 still. We've had in the past 15 on the roster and 12 could play or be active per day. But I, I think quite rightly, I don't see the point of that. They've changed it to all 15 can be active um, every day of the tournament. Um, but just quickly going back to what you said as well about it becoming an Olympic sport and whether people would be more interested in it. I think as well... I don't know if this is perhaps just me and maybe also now being a mum and understanding my parents' concerns a lot, but we know so much more as well about head injuries and concussions. And from what I see of people posting in, in the States and um, especially a lot of people in the flag world over there, that a lot of people seem to be choosing flag as perhaps a, just a safer option of playing the sport they love. And I do wonder if um, there's a lot of parents out there. I mean, I know my parents as well, even just from flag, had their concerns with concussions and broken bones and whatnot but it's a way safer option and if I was thinking about for example for us for our son if he was going to play a sport I would much rather he went to flag than went to tackle purely just for the like the damage that people do to their heads in tackle it is it's so clear and it's so well experimented on that as a parent I would be a little bit less inclined to let my child play tackle and that's coming from someone who's you know I jump out of planes and I do whatever and I'm not particularly fearful of stuff but it when it comes to head injuries that would be very much a big push that flag football is you're less likely to have something like that so I do wonder if if there might also be a bit more shift and especially if you had like an Olympic name behind it whether um that might also increase the popularity of the sport so I think it's uh Drew Brees the the recently retired quarterback he, he actually started up a flag league in uh I think it's. I think he started off in just in New Orleans, and he's there's about like six to ten like leagues that he set up. He's now gone across a lot of America, setting up all these ones. His kids play in the sport. He actually coaches some of the the, the events himself. Which as a as a player at that age, like you're only like seven to ten years old, and you know, next thing you know, Drew Brees is lined up next to you saying, "This is the play you're going to run." He's like, "Okay, I'm, I'm going to listen to him. He, he knows what he's doing." <laughs> But I think it's also some of the uh, the NFL quarterbacks have actually said that if their if their child wanted to take after them and play, 
kitted football, what would you say? And a lot of them just said, don't do it. Mm. I think Brett Favre was a, a one that was heavily involved in like, like the, 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 the progression of flag football. And he said that he never wanted his kids to play kitted football because of the, the injuries that they can, they, they can pick up. Obviously, we all, we all know that you can still pick up injuries in the flag, but you can pick up injuries anywhere. It's, yeah. it's the head injuries that's the, the big one that I think a lot of people are. And I think that's probably why the Olympics have looked at flag football and gone, it may not be the big name that kitted football is, but it's, it's the safe name and the ones that people will be more likely to play. And the, the squad numbers, because I think the Olympics, you, you only allowed a certain amount of people to go. As, as a whole country, you're only allowed X amount of people to go across all sports. If you say American football's coming in, that's that's 40 slots gone, 50 slots gone. Flag football, it's 15. I mean, Ben, when you said like the previous ones, how, how many people do you normally take to a tournament? Are you the same sort of situation with like the 20, 30 people? I mean, I think the usual thing is because it's set from the IFAF that you, had, you can go with the 15. Um, we always used to, like when I started it, it was basically we we didn't have like how do you say uh, like a tryout scheme and everything it was back in the days just the team who won the german league or the german championship indoors back in the days was the national team and it started at some point that they just picked up some individual players from other teams um but i think the first actual tryout we had was around 2012 11 something like that and since then, I think, and especially now the last with the new coaching staff for the men's since two years, um, it like, and now we have new coaches, which I'm really looking forward to work with. Um, like, I think we are, they're planning to do something like 20, 30 people as well for all the camps, because you will have some people who can't make all the camps because of some of them are playing tackle. Um, so I think that's what we always did in the past to train for the camps and plan for like 20 to 30 players and then cut down in the end to 15. I actually heard somewhere that it was uh, potentially 18 players and cut down to 15, that you can take 18 with you and a 15 roster every day. I don't know where I read it, but must have been somewhere. I wouldn't have imagined that. But now it was said that it's 15 all day long or all the tournament long. Um, but yeah, that's how Germany will do it. And I think basically like the rest of the world well, so this all rise now basically on the restrictions for the travel. I mean, it is going to be very disappointing if that it, it's announced that it's Israel and we all we, everyone's worked out their their local organisations and worked out their national squads, and then it, it's always that worry that you know some teams may not be able to go, so you're not going to be facing necessarily the best teams. It's the the teams with the the least restrictions in that country at the moment. I think in the chat group we've got, I think one of the, uh, I think it was Jimmy who's unfortunately ill today. He said that it, it's kind of, in, in a way, it's kind of a bad thing that it's not necessarily the, the teams that have got the strongest players. It's who can train the quickest in, in, in regards to restrictions. So ho hopefully the restrictions around the world will hope will be not relaxed just for flag football because that's a, a crazy idea, but, you know, relax safely enough for flag football and you know, hopefully we'll see you guys back out onto onto the pitches and battling out for those world slots and booking your trips to, to Birmingham, Alabama in 2022, I think. In July, I think. End of July. 
I, I had a quick look at the weather. I mean, I, I thought Germany was bad when I went over for big ball. Birmingham, Alabama in, in the middle of July is going to be it's going to be a test for a lot of people. That, I think that's why you, that's why you want like the 18 man squad just to turn up with yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Five on the pitch and 15 giving out water. That's all, that's all it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, just water guns on the sidelines. That's what you want. So, guys, thank you for joining us. I know it's been it was a, a slightly reduced cast list today with, with a few uh, dropouts last minute and time issues, time zone issues and things like that. But I mean, we've managed to drag it out for 45 minutes to talk about this one. So that, that's not too bad. I'm quite happy with that one. <laughs> I think we'll make sure that next time we will have a bigger squad and I'm confident for that. Me too. I, mean, I, I have noticed in the background people just popping up into the little chat group that we've got going for this bit. And, yeah, uh, it won't just be a, I don't know, clever, heavy conversation. <laughs> but unless you've got anything else to add to this Israel chat, then we'll, we'll leave it there. So guys, thank you once again for joining us. Hopefully everyone who's been commenting and, and listening into this one, we're looking forward to the Israel one. And yeah, hopefully we'll be out there covering it as well. We'll get you guys on the, on the sideline. If I'm not playing, I'll definitely be with you. There we go. I think, I, think, I think the Israel topic will probably follow us throughout the year now a little bit on the monthly podcast because it's the big event everyone is looking forward to. And yeah, so... Definitely, hopefully we'll, hear some, hopefully we'll hear some more news soon saying, you know, this is when it's all going to be. The team I mean, what, signed up. Once, then... once we've got the team list, that's going to be the big one. Uh, we'll, we'll get uh, Germany and Denmark on this one. You can have a little argument in, in the corner. We'll leave you to it. <laughs> oh, gosh. Story Cheers, guys, once again. Listening to you and Christopher. Thank you very much, Mark. Thanks, Mark. That wraps up this episode. Find us on Facebook at First and Fifteen Podcast. Give us a like to keep up with all of our shows. Also, check out our sponsor, Nuola, for all your customized sportswear supplies.